Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm Patrick Mayhorn. My co-host is Ryan Donnelly. Ryan, we're back. Yeah, Patrick, we're back. We uh, and, and I just have one thing to say to you. Uh, oh. Don't you swear at me, little shit. Don't you ever raise your voice at me. <laughs> I'm your mother. You understand? <laughs> all I do is worry and slave and defend you. And all I get back is that fucking face on your face. Let's just podcast already. <laughs> oh, Ryan has knocked off the head of <laughs> of my my youngest child, and it's just it's a really tough scene out here. Um, <laughs> uh, we're doing the Big Twelve preview today. We were going to do something else for this show, but I went on vacation, and uh, the athletic has has abandoned us in our time of need, um, oh, no. just as we always knew, <laughs> just as we always knew it would. Um, we are, uh, we are, our, our buddy Bill Landis says uh, he's. Giving us a rain check. Unfortunately, he was sick this weekend. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, we uh, we will be sending the police to his house as a as a uh, retaliation attempt, but uh, it's okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, so instead of that, we will we will deliver that episode soon. But we're going to do the big the Big Twelve preview uh, today. I know it's a little bit late, but like I said, I was I was in California, and Ryan was actually running from the uh, police in his uh, in mm-hmm. his car. Um, so now we're now we are back. We are noticeably not in person. Um, I don't have my mixing board with me right now, so we're going to do this one over Zoom. Uh, apologies for the the quality, both of the audio and of the conference that we're that we're about to talk about. Because um, Ryan, we can jump right in here. Let's talk Kansas. Yeah, let's talk about these sick little freaks, these sick little puppies. Um, <laughs> we like them because they hired uh, our favorite coach, Lance Leopold. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, that. that is literally the only thing that we like about them. Um, yeah. Uh, that's it. That's all we've got to say. I mean, really, they're going to be really bad. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Here's what I wrote down. They might have an above average passing defense, maybe. Yeah. Uh, they have Ricky Thomas, Kenny Logan, and Deuce Mayberry coming back in the secondary. Um, but this is a defense that has not allowed less than six yards per play since 2013, uh, which is not good. <laughs> you don't want to be doing that. Uh, but they've got uh, linebackers, Kyron Johnson, Stephen Parker back as well. And uh, Brian Borland, the new defensive coordinator, is a longtime Leopold mainstay. So they might have a chance to be okay on defense. Uh, but this offense is going to be just horrendous. I mean, like there is nothing to work with here. Yeah, and, and the, you mentioned the the defensive secondary potentially being okay. Um, this is even without what I would consider to be its best player last year. Um, is it Karan Prunty? Is that his Karan name? Prunty, yeah, yeah, who, the who transfer is, cornerback. Yeah, who is, who is transferring um, despite being, like I said, probably the best cornerback on this roster last year. Um, so which really says something if, if the strongest unit on your team is the one that is losing probably its best player to the transfer portal. Um, there's just really nothing here. Like it, it's, it's, I think it's sort of a uh, you know a, a, a long running I guess joke to to say that there's nothing at Kansas, but there's really nothing at Kansas this year. This is not there's even a team. Nothing. Yeah, this is not even a team that can re- rely on like a kind of decent running back or anything like that. the The only real positive that I can find here outside of Leopold is that he brought um, I think six guys with him from Buffalo: uh, Ronald McGee on the defensive line. Michael Ford on the offensive line, Rich Miller at linebacker, um, a couple more guys, but no, no one who's really like awesome. Just guys that are kind of there. It's not like he brought, you know, Kevin Marks with him or anything like that. Um, <clears throat> I don't mind their transfer portal moves at large, but it, it's just like, 
the the probably the most important guy that they brought in is like Jason Bean, the transfer from North Texas, the quarterback. And they he, brought in the country music singer Jason Aldean. Uh, yeah, they, to, yeah, to, they, to cheer up the team. That's They're right. all, and everyone's like, who the <laughs> fuck is this guy? <laughs> um, but uh, Jason Bean is like fine. He's okay. I, I don't think he's a, a P5 caliber quarterback. He's just a, a stopgap. Um, they also brought in Cornell Wheeler, the Michigan linebacker transfer. I, I like him a decent amount. He was, he was okay coming out of high school, I guess. Um, but there's just, there's just nothing here. Um, I, Leopold is a, is a magic worker. And I think that, if I'm being honest, I do think that Kansas will be better under him and will start to get somewhere. Um, I think that the defense won't be like the worst thing in the world this year, because as you mentioned, Brian Borland is a good defensive coordinator. Um, the The linebackers honestly aren't terrible either. I, I don't mind Stephen Parker. Kyron Johnson is, is okay as well. Um, it's just that there's not they're not going to score any points, even with a system that you know, is pretty adept at scoring points usually. And I just, I don't know when this will hit. This almost feels like a kind of thing that will take maybe four full recruiting classes to even start to show signs of, of life. Yeah. I mean, we talk a lot about the idea of a year zero where a coach is just starting from scratch with the program. This is kind of like a year negative one. Where could, this you even not be, all... could this even be like a year negative two? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's so tough because like you're also, you're not just like trying to fix the talent level and bring in like new players. You're also fixing a cultural problem with less miles. I mean, I mean, this is team, a team that is not one, obviously not used to winning. It does not expect to win. Um, but they also took a lot. I mean, let's be frank. They took some bad character players because Les Miles is a bad character, dude. Like they are taking guys who are risky to have in the program because, uh, Les really has few reservations about anything in life and would do anything to get any court of advantage to win. Um, and I think you got to de-recruit some of these guys. I think you need to build from the bottom up. Uh, and you're going to be changing your entire offensive scheme too. Uh, there's just so much that has to change. It's just, I, I think we'll see them start to build towards, you know, the classic Lance Leopold running based offensive attack um, yeah. over time. Uh, but I would not expect anything this season or next from Kansas. Yeah. So as we, as we jump into the schedule here, I think the question around Kansas is maybe less uh, final record, which we will also predict, um, but more, is there a chance at a win this season that maybe gets people in Lawrence to just look at the team, just go to a game? You know, is, is there a chance at a, right. a, a win for Leopold that would be important for determining this program? As we go through, I think that we can, we can talk about, if we see any on the board here. Um, Sorry. So let's go through the schedule here then, Pat. Um, They are starting off the season at home on a Friday night against the South Dakota Coyotes. Yeah. Um, That's a W. I mean, they'll win that game. Um, Yeah. They'll they'll probably win it. (laughs) South Dakota is not awful. (laughs) They're not bad, but, but FBS teams don't lose to, uh, FCS teams because they lack talent, they lose to them because they're poorly disciplined and coached, and that just won't happen with a Leopold team, in okay. my opinion. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't I disagree. It. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, so then they play again. Unfortunately, the second game of Lance Leopold's tenure is a road game at Coastal Carolina. Um, <laughs> on a Friday I can't night. Imagine, on a Friday night. When this was scheduled, I'm sure Coastal Carolina looked literally nothing like the current team did. Yeah. Uh, but, man, they're going to get slaughtered. I believe didn't Coastal Carolina get a two for one because I, I think that they went to Kansas the last two seasons and now they're going to get them at home and beat them by ninety points. I think Coastal oh. Carolina is going to sweep them. 
because they have beaten That's them crazy. both of the last two years. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, over this- under total yards accounted for Grayson McCall four fifty over <laughs> under over as long as over. he plays into the second half. Okay. Um, <laughs> they've got the Baylor Bears at home week three. I think Baylor's going to be pretty decent this season and a huge step. I mean, a huge step, a, a, a significant step forward from last year. But man, I mean, uh, this might be the closest next closest game on the schedule. Yeah, and maybe this is the game that gets people to take notice. I don't think Baylor is good enough. I don't think that that game exists on this schedule. I think it's probably next year when you maybe will see that. Um, Baylor's story is familiar at that school. It's it's especially recently, um, whereas it was kind of like this under Matt Rule as well. Um, they're very one-dimensional. They have a really good defense. It used to be the offense. The defense should be good this year. It it It's Dave Aranda. It wasn't good last year, but it's, um, I mean – it's Kansas, guys. It's I, I I don't think Kansas can win this game. Yeah, the, the only other game on their schedule, uh, there's two other games scheduled that are interesting to me. The, the next one is the very next week. They go at Duke. Yeah. I don't think Duke is bad enough to lose this game, but they might be. <laughs> I mean, do you think there's any chance? I think this might yeah, be like a one-score game. If, if, uh, this could be it, a one-score game. the Leopold. Yeah, I think we'll get to see what the Leopold impact is if they do win one of these games, right? If they beat Baylor, if they right. beat Duke. If they win one of those two, then then maybe that that is a sign that like, okay, yeah, this dude is going to get it going maybe a little bit sooner than we think he would. But I, I think that's also just an insane thing to predict right now. I, we'll get to this game in a couple of weeks, but I, I think they're going to win two games. Uh, uh, basically, uh, we haven't gotten to it yet, but I think they'll split with Duke and Texas Tech. I think yeah. they'll win one of those. Texas Tech is um, bad. But, yeah, we'll talk about them next. But okay, so after the Duke game, uh, Texas Tech goes to Iowa State. They're going to lose that game. Kansas goes to Iowa State. What did I say? Texas Tech. Oh, same team. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. yeah they're, Kansas they're gonna goes lo- to Iowa State. Yeah. Yeah, that's a loss. I mean, come on. Um, the the game after that is the one that I, th- I think we have we have singled out as being interesting. It's the homecoming game. It's Texas Tech. Um, I think they, they do have win- a bye week in the middle as well, which is helpful. Yeah, I think they win this game. Like I, I, uh, I, I think I've kind of convinced myself it's, you know, they're, they're, they have Oklahoma next week, which you usually don't want that kind of thing to come after a game that you need to win. But it's not like Kansas thinks it's going to beat Oklahoma. You know, it's not. Yeah, they're be, not going to be looking ahead. No, that's yeah, that, that sounds and if anything, I think that it could work in the opposite direction where they're looking at the rest of their schedule and like, well, if we don't win now, we're not going to again. Um, yeah, and so I, I mean, I, look, if Kansas if Kansas gets the three wins this season, they should be like celebrating the streets at Lawrence. They, like, they should they give beat, him they should give him a five year extension. <laughs> if he beats Duke and Texas Tech, like you have to be celebrating. Like that's yeah. a huge win. Yeah, um, I, but, I do okay. think they beat Texas Tech though. So so far we have them at two and four. Yep, and then they finish out the season. Let's just go through these quick because they're not going to win again. It's uh, a yeah. home against Oklahoma at Oklahoma State, home against Kansas State at Texas, at TCU, home against West Virginia. Maybe Kansas State's a one-score game, but uh, I think Kansas State's going to be decent this year. Yeah. But either way, uh, we both had them going 2-10. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I I think Kansas State, like you mentioned, and I mean, maybe TCU has collapsed at that point, but it's still the, the talent difference. is just, it's severe stark. enough. And, yeah, and it's a stark difference. <laughs> like TCU hasn't recruited a quarterback since 2014, and, and so it's sort of troubling there but it's it's hmm. not some max it, duggan slander i see okay that kid sucks come on 
<laughs> yeah, I, mean, I agree, but that he's a quarterback. <laughs> he is a he's a quarterback, <laughs> allegedly. Um, he's a quarterback in the same way that Darren Lee was the quarterback at New Albany, um, which is to say okay, he was just Darren the, Lee shout out. <laughs> he was just the guy that was there. Um, it's more of a New Albany shout out than anything, which we're going to do on every episode. Now we're going to do the New Albany corner um, where I just talk about the, the home of the guy that we all love and the guy that finances this podcast, Les Wexner. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's, I think it's too and 10. These guys suck. I, I, <laughs> I think two would be good for Kansas. If it gets to two, it's happy. Uh, yep. All right. That's all we're going to say about that. Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> what's, what's next? We're going to Texas tech and tier three. Yes. We're going okay. to tier three. We got the, Red Raiders to talk about. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, look, the problem under the Matt Wells era is that Texas Tech has just struggled to score points, right? This is uh, obviously a pretty <laughs> shocking thing to say, given <laughs> Very you know, what funny every, bit. yeah, given that literally every other coach in the history uh, has basically scored nonstop. Yeah, uh, that's all they've been able to do. But I mean, they do have a kind of an intriguing offensive core a little bit this year. Um, they have Tyler Shuck coming in from Oregon as the quarterback. Um, they have running back, uh, Sir Roderick Thompson, great name, uh, like and him. receivers, uh, Eric as a Kanana or Conman Conma. I'm sorry. Oh, I used Killed to know it. how to say it. I covered his recruitment, but I, <laughs> I do not remember how to say it now. Yeah. There's him. There's Troy transfer, Kalen Geiger receiver, and they have four returning offensive line starters. Yep. Um, some people in Lubbock like miles price is a young receiver as well. Uh, here's the thing. They brought in Sonny Cumby to change up the offensive coordinator. <laughs> position and uh sunny comfy has not been what you and i would call um effective or good or creative or um you know creating points uh he is largely responsible for a lot of the misery at tcu that is the reason why we make fun of max duggan and gary patterson yeah uh he's a really uncreative offensive coordinator and, and that offense at tcu was just totally stagnant the last two years Many are saying that Sonny Cumbie belongs to the game, in quotes, um, because the Big 12 has been passing this dude around for like 15 years. It, it's I don't understand why this man keeps getting offensive coordinator jobs. I remember when it was a huge deal that, that Kansas got him and he sucked there. I think it was him. It, it was it was him and the other guy from TCU. Right. Um, Doug uh, something. Meacham. Yeah. Doug Meacham, which is the uh, same name as the bodyguard from House of Cards. That's right. Yes. That was I, I I thought it was Doug Meacham, but I didn't want to accidentally name drop the House of Cards guy and be wrong. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, Gary Patterson guy, was recently quoted as saying he's quote sending Sonny Cumbie back to the streets. <laughs> yeah, he's uh yeah, he's 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 been going Iowa mode on him. Um but I it's just if you're going to try and fix your offense, this is not the dude to do it with. I get that he's like big 12 royalty for some reason, because he has convinced everyone that he knows how to run the air raid, um, which I'll tell you, you don't have to do in this conference anymore. Most of them aren't doing it. Most of them are running the same thing that everyone else is doing. Um, it's, it's fine. Like there, you don't really need to do this anymore. Um, and it's pretty obvious that Matt Wells doesn't want to do it, or at least if nothing else, doesn't know how to do it. Um, Weirdly enough, their recruiting seemingly hasn't caught up with the fact that they're not capable of scoring anymore because they, they still landed a four-star quarterback. Um, their, like, their top four recruits were all either wide receivers, tight ends, or running backs. Um, they're still It's recruiting. a pretty funny move to like commit to Texas Tech, just assuming that Matt Wells yeah. will be gone by the time you actually play. And I mean, they're probably not <laughs> wrong because it's like a bunch of guys who play seven on in Texas and then they're just, you know, yeah, he'll probably be gone. I'll get to play for like Cliff Kingsbury or something. 
<laughs> someone who looks and talks exactly like Cliff Kingsbury and also goes That's six right. and six every year. Um, yeah, it's I. I mean, they they've they've if the offense is decent, then they might be okay. The defense honestly wasn't terrible last year. I like Keith Patterson, the defensive coordinator. Um, they added a bunch of transfers too. They have been hitting the transfer market really hard this off season, which is usually not a great sign for the stability of a, a coaching staff, hmm, but yep. <laughs> um, maybe it can generate some, some wins right away. Um, you know, taking games off of teams like Kansas state teams, like Baylor teams that are in their sort of same region. But um it just things look really bad here right now. It, it seems like the Matt Wells hire felt weird at the time and it, it's continued to feel weird. And it seems like it's just headed to a, uh, a pretty quick divorce and him heading back to, you know, the mountain West or something along those lines and Texas tech hiring another one of the same exact coaches that they had been working with for so long. He does have a pretty favorable schedule this season, but like, what do we think it takes for Matt Wells to keep a shot? Like, I'm like, does he have to go six and six if do better than that? Like, yeah. what is the target number for Matt Wells to not be fired? I That's would guess hard that, for me to see. I would guess that five and seven keeps him in his job, right? At um, least you can say that last year was a pandemic year and just give him one extra just to be safe, maybe. Yeah, but. and it's it's not like five and seven is new to Texas Tech. Um, right. <laughs> so you'd just be sort of living up to, to what they had been doing. But like the 2019 team was also Wells and they sucked too. So I, I, I think honestly it might be, I've, I've maybe talked myself into like he's got to make a bowl game um, because in this conference specifically and, and even at a, a school like Texas Tech that certainly does not have the booster culture of some of its counterparts, um, they're not going to let you go like four and eight three and nine, three years in a row without making some sort of stink about it, especially as the league seemingly gets better elsewhere. Um, I, uh, I I don't imagine that anything short of like five and seven or a, a bowl game would be acceptable here. Right. And, and I do want to point out a lot of people kind of make uh, excuses for Texas Tech and mention how hard it is to recruit to West Texas and things of that nature. Uh, look, I mean, I don't think there's any excuse right now for why Texas tech cannot be like an upper half of the conference program. Like they're never going to be, um, you know, Oklahoma, of course, but like, you know, Texas has sucked for a decade. Uh, Baylor and TCU are pretty bad right now. Like Oklahoma state is exactly who it always is. Uh, but I mean, fucking Iowa state managed to become the second best team in the conference for like two or three years in a row. Like there is no reason why with the right coach, Texas tech could not have had a good run during this period. Uh, they have no one to blame but themselves. It is not like the fault of institutional difficulties, Texas tech. Those yeah. are real things that exist, but a ton of others, like it's not like Oklahoma state is like a naturally advantaged program in some thriving metropolis. Like everyone has to like fight hard to get certain kinds of recruits and to win games. Um, everyone's in the same talent kind of uh, tier with each other. It's a matter of coaching and a matter of development. And Texas Tech has, like I said, no one of themselves to blame for that. Yeah. And I think it's also a misunderstanding of, of what being on the cutting, uh, the cutting edge of offense means, because that was their mm-hmm. stick under leech and it worked really well. And, and he won a bunch of games and that's, you know, always going to be his thing. Um, just running the air raid is not being on the cutting edge anymore. You are behind if you are doing that. If you are running a standard air raid, like what Sunday Cumbie likes to do or what Leach was doing in 2009 or what got Cliff Kingsbury fired, um, you're behind. You are significantly behind. And Texas Tech seems to be trying to do that, trying to maybe work in a little bit more of a modern look. But this this shit that they're doing is like nine years old at this point. It is outdated. And, and that was their whole thing before was that they were on the cutting edge and they're just not anymore. They're really far behind. Um, and I, I, 
I don't know why they thought that Matt Wells was the guy to catch them back up. He's not an innovator. He's a program builder. And I don't know that this is a program that really needed that kind of hard reset. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. Um, do you want to go through their schedule with me now? Do you think we said enough? Yeah, yeah let's do it. Okay. Um, they open the season on Labor Day weekend against the Houston Cougars at home. I'm sorry, it's a neutral site game in Houston. Yeah. Um, we don't I really hate, like Houston. I hate both really, of these. I hate both of these teams. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, this is a game I'm going to like not even watch because I'm just, I'm not interested in it. I will be, uh, I think I mentioned this once or twice, but I will be drunk in a pool in Arizona this weekend. Um, I will not be taking the time out of that pool to uh, watch the Houston Cougars, Texas Tech neutral site game. Um, I, I think Texas Tech wins this, but I can't say I really feel strong with that at all. I, I don't think they do. I, I think Houston is more talented than Texas Tech is, and I think that it has roughly the same level of coach. Is um, there any chance that we remember our pick from like four weeks ago? <laughs> no, no, not not especially well. Um, I think we probably gave it to Houston because didn't we have eight and four Houston? We must. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Houston wins. That, you convinced me. I, I wasn't feeling fair. I wasn't okay. feeling very strongly. Yeah. Um, then they get Stephen F. Austin at home the next week, okay. uh, which is a win. That's one and one. Yep. They get FIU at home, which is another easy win. They go two and one. Then they go on the road at Texas, uh, which they will lose that game. Um, Texas, yep. I'm iffy on, and I think some of the hype is a little silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but are you telling me that Texas isn't going to win Texas the conference this year? It's crazy. I know it's crazy. I think that Texas might be slightly overrated preseason. I mean, that's never happened before. Um, <laughs> and then the week after that, they go on the road at WVU. Yeah. Um, I'm of the opinion that West Virginia will be taking a step back this fall, but huh. I don't think they'll be stepping back far enough to lose to Texas Tech. So I would call that two and three. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think te- Texas Tech is going to win that game. I think that the more interesting one is, is the next week, uh, home against TCU. Um, and, and I think we have different opinions here too, by the way, because I know you're not really high on this TCU squad this year, right? I'm not high on TCU, but I'm also not, I'm obviously not high on Texas Tech. Right. Um, <laughs> this does just, the the thing that I'm, I'm hung up on here is that this does kind of feel like the kind of game that TCU loses. Um, at least historically speaking, where I don't, I'm not looking at the TCU schedule right now, but it comes in feeling good at like four and one or something and then loses to a bad Texas Tech team. That has been a common refrain in recent years for Gary Patterson. I mean, and funny enough, their schedule had like the exact opposite thing last year where they finished winning five of their last six, but just started yeah. off terribly. So I wonder if that's just like they've just reversed their problem. <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't know. Um, I think they still lose this game, in my opinion. I think they lose to TCU at home. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't have any I don't have any issues with that. OK, so we got them going two and four. Yep. Uh, then they go on the road at Kansas, which we called a win already. That's three yep. and four. They catch Kansas State at home. Um, I think these are very similar teams. We'll talk about Kansas State next. I, I think the fact they have the home field advantage here means they probably win this game. And in fact, they have to win this game. Yeah, they have to win this game. If they don't win this game, he gets he gets fired. Yes. Um, even then, he might still get fired looking at the yeah, final Yeah, it's here. not looking good. No. <laughs> like, I mean, because the next week, uh, they go on the road at Oklahoma, who will absolutely murder them, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, and then they get, they get Iowa State and Oklahoma State at home back-to-back, which I don't think they win either of those games. Right, right, right. So we've got them uh, three and nine going into their final game. No, I'm well, sorry, three and three and three and eight. Well, are we giving them? Are we giving them Kansas State? Because if we're giving them I, Kansas I State, okay, oh, they're four. Yeah, they're they'd four be four and, and uh, they'd be four and seven going into Baylor. 
Um, what do they have to do against? <laughs> what do they have to do at Baylor to save Matt Wells's job? Can they do anything here? I mean, here's the thing about Baylor: uh, this offense was pretty awful last season, but they brought in Jeff Grimes, who we like. Uh, yeah. I like at least. I mean, from from BYU as a new offensive coordinator. Yeah, I like Jeff I don't, Grimes. I don't really see Texas Tech having the talent to like beat Baylor at all. Okay. But Baylor's going to have a pretty good defense, is my understanding. Um, I don't know. This is grim. I mean, the more I talk myself into it, the more like they almost belong a tier below these next two teams. But, or I'm yeah. sorry, below Baylor. But uh, yeah, this sounds like a four and eight team to me on the high end. Uh, they, they do, I guess, have theoretical toss ups against uh, Baylor, TCU, and West Virginia that if, and Houston that they could if this team way overperforms what we expect them to could have a much better season and go to a bowl game. But I'm, I'm looking at four and eight Matt Wells getting fired. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I, I agree with all of that. Uh, Texas tech call Casey Keeler. Just, you could just do it anytime. I, I mean, call <laughs> Jeff Grimes. Be that hard. yeah, call Jeff Grimes. He's already in the <laughs> building. Um, call Graham Harrell up. I, I mean, that's probably who they actually hire, but, uh, and he Casey, won't take that job. I, I know Graham Harrell's an alum, but if I'm him, I am not coming near this job. I, you're like a year away from getting, I don't know, somewhere much better. Yeah. You're like a year away from getting the USC job. <laughs> 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 um, but I, I think, I don't know. I, I feel like he might take it. I don't, I don't think it's sound business advice to, to, to take that job. I, I wouldn't tell yeah. him to do that, but um, you know how guys are with their, with their own moders, especially someone like him who is so significant to this school. Um, but the, the honest, the best answer is Casey Keeler, the Sam Houston state coach. Uh, he's really, really, really good. He's really good at his job. He would win here. Matt Wells will not. I think that Matt Wells is a good mountain West coach and I hope that he returns there. Um, let's talk Kansas state. Yeah, I guess we might as well. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Skylar Thompson and Deuce Vaughn are back for Kansas state. Uh, It's really, I mean, that's a pretty good backfield. Tell you the truth. Like Skylar Thompson has been here for a million years. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know how this dude is back. It's like, we can't, we cannot get rid of this guy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he broke his, what was it? Arm last season is why he missed most of the year. That sounds um, right. But uh, Vaughn was awesome. I love watching Deuce Vaughn. He's like 5'5", yeah, he, 175. He's yeah, built like you. He and, rocks. Uh, <laughs> I'm 5'9", thank you very much. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I have to say, he's probably one of the most exciting, unique players in college football. He's only going to get better. He had, what, over 1,000 yards of scrimmage last season, I think about 1,100. Yeah. Uh, basically, Deuce Vaughn by himself is the core of the offense. Yeah. Uh, but Skylar Thompson... Uh, I believe the statistic is that uh, uh, Kansas State is ten and six under Chris Kleiman whenever Skyler Thompson starts, and two and five without him, uh, which is a pretty stark difference. Obviously, yeah. um, if Thompson is healthy and Deuce Vaughn keeps being Deuce Vaughn, this should be a good offense. I mean, all five offensive line starters are back. They don't have much at receiver, but they never do. Uh, so, I think this is a unit that can be above average in college. I mean, across college football. Yeah, though I don't love the wide receivers, but it's not really a requirement at Kansas state to have great wide receivers. Um, right. Malik Knowles is a decent deep ball threat. Um, I don't want to mess up this, this kid's name, but it's spelled weird. I think it's Chabaston uh, Taylor great name. who uh, he's also a decent deep threat. <laughs> <laughs> great name. Oh, I call my son Chabastian instead of Sebastian. Cause I just want to fucking hate his guts. Yeah. Shabastian. Um, 
honestly pretty cool actually uh, <laughs> but um they the issue was that both of those guys are deep threats and they don't have anybody who's not that they could not throw the ball short last season maybe skylar thompson fixes that will howard was kind of um boomer bust in in a pretty significant way and deuce vaughn honestly isn't uh terribly different he's a he's a huge play kind of player and he's a really good player but he was very much a, a extremely talented freshman that has not yet learned how to play football last year um i think he will take a step forward this year and the offense will be more efficient but when your system is kind of designed around as Clemens is controlling the ball and, and winning by you know grinding a little bit of clock and, and playing good defense. Um, having a boomer bust offense is not an amazing combination with that. I think it takes a step forward this year and the defense is probably roughly as it was last year. Um, they couldn't tackle at all <laughs> last season, which is generally kind like of not what you want. All. Yeah. It like e- terrible. even a little bit, but they, um, they had a decent pass rush. I, I don't, I don't hate a lot of the stuff that's going on on this defense. It's just, this team is in kind of a weird place right now where, you know, they, they won, they won so often in the, the Bill Snyder era by just holding onto the ball and playing really good defense. And they haven't been able to do that yet because they haven't been able to hold on the, onto the ball for very long. And maybe this is the year that changes that, but I don't know if the personnel quite matches what you seemingly have to do at Kansas state to win. Um, the offensive line should be fun to watch as it always is out here. But, um, mm-hmm. and I, I'm, I'm bummed that Chris Kleiman is not doing better because I really like him and I think he's a good coach. It's just, this is a hard job. Um, I, and I, I think that Kansas state is, is pretty easily a cut above the first two teams we've talked about. And it, it feels, you know, it's, it's tough to lump them in with those guys, but it is still, they just lack the the top tier talent, save for Vaughn and maybe Thompson to make a serious run at anything other than a bowl game. And I'm in the same boat with you in terms of liking Kleiman. Uh, but I, I do wonder, like when a team is just so poor, the fundamentals of their defense, like like tackling and you know keeping a play in front of you, it does make me question the coaching that I had previously been supportive of. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like that is something that you just have to fix. Like it has to get fixed this year. And yeah. if you do, you'll make a significant jump as a defense. Uh, but, but it has to get done this like that. You cannot let that happen two years in a row. It's, yep. it cannot, it's not possible. It cannot, it's inexcusable. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Uh, Shav trick. Would you like to get onto our schedule here? For Kansas yeah, let's, State? let's do it. Um, they open the season with, we talked about it already uh, in our Pac-12 preview, the single worst neutral site game in the history of college football, <laughs> um, Kansas state versus Stanford and Dallas. Man, uh, if you're going to this game, please let us know. We'll send you like a shirt. <laughs> we'll send you a gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Once you get into the stadium, you're going to want to go to the uh, the second floor <laughs> trash can by the men's bathroom, and there's going to be a surprise in there for you. <laughs> We're activating your MK Ultra kill word uh, <laughs> when you're at the stadium. <laughs> um, it's it's uh, yeah. the the kill the kill word is of course David Shaw Chris Kleiman an offensive shootout. <laughs> I think we have Kansas State winning this game. Right? I think we talked about this in the preview that we have Kansas State winning, don't we? Yeah, I think I stand by that. I mean, we had Stanford at like 1 and 11 somehow. So I, I think that that's <laughs> I think that's fine. All right. Um <laughs> they go on to uh Southern Illinois the week after that. So they're going to yeah. start off 2 and 0. That's another good uh, FCS team, but as we mentioned earlier, doesn't really happen to teams that have okay coaches. Kansas right. Kansas of last year loses this game. Obviously, Kansas State and Kansas are not the same school, but um, mm-hmm. that is the kind of school that would lose that game, a team that employs less miles. And Chris <laughs> Kleiman is not less miles. So um, they should be fine here. 
Uh, week three, they get Nevada and quarterback Carson Strong at home. Um, I got, I don't know. I, I cannot think I can pick Nevada to win on the road at Kansas State, but it's going to be a, a, a hairy game for Kansas State. They are not going to be happy after this game. I think I'm, I think I can, I think I can pick that. I think I'm actually fairly comfortable in picking that. Nevada <laughs> has like a top 20 offense. Um, and the defense is not as bad. Like, I think the defense is better than Kansas state's is. Um, I think Nevada your, is like from your mouth to God's ears. I, I think Nevada is just like a better team straight up. Um, whether it's at home or not. And it's not like the, the Kansas state crowd is, you know, raucous right now. Bill um, Snyder family stadium will be just pumping with electricity for this Saturday yeah. afternoon, 2 PM kickoff. Yeah. I, 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 if you don't have any qualms with it, I think I have Nevada winning this game. Um, yeah. You, you have the stronger opinion here. I'll give it to you. Okay. Uh, then so they go on the road. That's two and one heading into that's, a, I will say maybe the worst stretch that you could have in this conference. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, on the road at Oklahoma State and home against Oklahoma, uh, I don't like Oklahoma State really any year ever. Um, yeah. But they're gonna I mean, Oklahoma State's gonna crush Kansas State in this game. It'll yeah. be a two and three start before uh, Kansas State takes its bye week. We agree. Well, yeah, and then they get they get Iowa State at home right out of the bye week. <laughs> great, great <laughs> stuff also, for them. Also, yeah. not what you want. Um, yeah, so that's that's what two and four heading into the the back half of the season. And then we did have them losing to Texas Tech in this road game uh, oh. where they... Did we? Yeah, we had Texas right? Tech at four and eight. That would have been wins over Kansas, the two. Yeah, I guess we did. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Tough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> two and five so far for Kansas State uh, for the start of the season. The good the news is I, I, think, I think they might win three or four of the last five here. Hmm. As I look at this. I think it's... Do I think you? there's a... Three? Yeah. I think they might win three. I think they lose at home to TCU on Halloween. Hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think you and I think differently about TCU this season, and we'll get to them in a few teams here. Yeah. Um, I don't know. TCU brings back a lot of talent on the offense, and, and I just don't really see – I don't see Kansas State's defense slowing them down very well, and I also don't see their offense, relatively speaking, being explosive enough and, and deep enough to kind of keep up with TCU, which is to say TCU's offense is suck. But yeah. – uh, I don't know, man. They have they have a lot of guys back. Um, I I so my, I think I'm I think I want TCU to win this game. I think I predicted TCU to win. That's fine. I we can go with that. My main issue, and we'll talk about this with TCU, is that Gary Patterson is not Gary Patterson anymore. Um, sure, he's not. Is not that guy anymore. And I think that maybe some TCU estimations, not just yours, but nationally, are based around. Uh, 2014 Gary Patterson and not 2021 Gary Patterson. Like this dude has lost it. He's not good anymore. Um, and it's they, certainly not what it used to be. There's no we, no, we have no qualms about that. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I think that, I think, I think TCU probably wins this game, but it's a home game for Kansas state. And I, I just, uh, I, I, um, I'm not confident in it. I think, I think I'm comfortable giving it to TCU, but like I said, I'm not like, jumping at the opportunity. I am like somehow going to fuck up and accidentally pick TCU to win like eight games this year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, we have them at three. We have Kansas at three. I'm sorry. Kansas state at three and five right now um, Wait, before they go we, on the road. Yeah. Do we, we have them at three and five? Cause that's wins over Stanford, Nevada and whom are we giving them TCU? No, we have them a loss to Nevada. Okay. We have a win against Illinois and a win against TCU. So we are giving them TCU. Yes, I'm, I'm demanding it. I'm pounding uh, the table for Gary Patterson. That would put I'm, him at, that would be two and six, my man. No, brother. 
They beat what? Stanford, Southern Illinois, and TCU is what we have so far. So you're now anti-TCU. I'm confused. Oh, fuck. You're right. I'm fucking up. I'm fucking up. This is 100% on me. My bad. It's yeah, okay. I'm counting it wrong. We have to get two and six. Uh, I thought I was great going, I mean, This is great podcast. I thought I was going crazy. <laughs> this, this, is, is, this is great podcast. This is Kelvin Marks all over again. Oh, no. Uh, all right. We have them at two and... We're just moving past that. Yeah, uh, two, and, two and six. And nothing wrong before, happened there. Mm-hmm. That was all normal and good. My brain is functioning at a very high level. Um, <laughs> you gaslit yeah. me into thinking that I was the pro TCU one. <laughs> What's going uh, on? Yeah, dude, you're wearing a, I, I'm looking at you on camera right now. You're wearing a Max Duggan jersey and mm-hmm. uh, you have the Horn Frogs hand symbol up right now. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll have, we'll clip this to our YouTube feed for the podcast. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll be, yeah, we'll be sending this up to the, uh, on the OnlyFans account that you can subscribe to, to get our, get our special <laughs> podcast. Um, so that's, that's two and six heading into goodness. That's two and six heading into at Kansas, which is a win. Um, that's a win. Three and yeah. six. Three and six. Uh, they catch Duke. WU at home, which yeah. is, uh, I mean, they're not going to win this game because Neil Brown just has a better version of this Kansas State team, basically. Yeah. Uh, but the, West Virginia might not feel good after this game is the sense that I'm getting. That's fair. I, I don't feel very good about their defense being like near where it was last year. Yeah. Um, but still, not nearly bad enough to lose this game. Um, so now we have them at three and seven going into a home game against Baylor. What are your I, thoughts on this game, Patrick? I think it's a win. I think that that they they have to take one of those three I, of Texas or TCU, West Virginia, and Baylor. I just I don't know how they don't get one of those, um, especially in a conference where the middle class is so tightly packed together. Um, and we haven't given them either of the first two, so I think we have to give them this one. So I believe the phrase is the working class. Of the okay, <laughs> the, the PM <laughs> the PMC of the Big Twelve. <laughs> All right, so we have about four and seven uh, before they go into their season finale. Um, at Daryl K. Royal uh, in Austin. Yeah. Um, they will lose that game pretty handily. Uh, yeah. That is on the Friday after Thanksgiving. Uh, you can bet I will be hung over on the couch watching this game. Uh, we you, do love you, you that. You can bank on that. Yeah, we do love to have the leftovers the next day on the sandwich and watch uh, Kansas State get its blo- its doors blown off. Um, <laughs> to have a beautiful 4-8 and eight finish. What a, that's what a right. brilliant year. I think that there's a decent chance that they do beat Texas Tech, honestly, um, and and get to five and seven, which isn't great. Obviously, I, when does the when do the alarms start to blare on on Chris Kleiman? He's got at least another year before there's any kind of hot seat talk, right? Yeah, and also, I mean, the expectations I think are a little bit lower at Kansas, even though Kansas State had a lot of success under Bill Snyder. I, I think the fan base just kind of understands what the program is a little better than Texas Tech does, maybe. Yeah. Um, and also the ceiling is lower than it is for Texas Tech. Yeah, um, yeah I think you give Chris Kleiman one more year to get a bowl game. And if yeah. he doesn't get it next year, I think he starts to get warm seats. Especially but, because uh, his, his first season was was pretty good. And, you know, they, they beat yeah. what, what was they beat Oklahoma, didn't they? Correct, um, correct. That's, yeah. that's, not, that's not terrible. I think that buys you some time. Um, all right, where are we going next year? Is it Baylor time? We are talking about those Baylor Bears, the wholesome family program that everyone loves to talk about. Uh, we're headed to Waco. That's right. Um, we are we are peeking out from our window with our rifles loaded, talking about the <laughs> Baylor Bears. <laughs> the ATF is pounding on my door oh, right now, Patrick. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, man. Yeah, they only bring back um, 
two starters on their offensive line, which is kind Jesus of a concern. Christ. <laughs> uh, but they did bring in transfers from Vanderbilt and Buffalo, who should be starting. So, I mean, you have four relatively experienced linemen. Uh, here's the thing. Their running game was just fucking trash in 2020. It was one of the yeah. worst in the country for a Power 5 team. Um, they did bring in offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes from BYU, who we mentioned, and he had a really a really great reputation at BYU, and I thought a very good season last year. Yeah. Um, he's kind of capable of moving Baylor back towards what we expected from those good units they've had mm-hmm. in a different fashion. He, he does love an outside zone heavy attack. Um, they just, this offense was not explosive at all last year. They had very limited production with running back spot. They're having a new quarterback starter, uh, and they don't really have any high-level recruits in the program at quarterback. It's not like whoever we're expecting is to be an NFL guy. Um, It is not ideal right now. I mean, like the question is, is Grimes a miracle worker? You can just make something happen with nothing. Uh, Or if not, then this offense is going to be trash. We agree? Yeah, I I honestly, it's it's weird because I think that the rushing attack is probably going to be the strength of the offense this year and the the passing game is going to struggle. Grimes is a running guy. He was a running game coordinator before he showed up at Baylor. Uh, That was his shtick at BYU as well. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to plug and play that that BYU offense directly here because, like I said, he wasn't really, the passing game wasn't really his. Um, He was there and he saw it and he helped with it, but he was more of the running game coordinator. Um, and I think that when you have a, an offensive line that shouldn't be terrible, especially, you know, you're bringing in a lineman from Buffalo. That's a pretty good place to get an outside zone blocker for. Um, I think that the running game might be okay. It's just that, man, I really, really don't like any of these quarterbacks, like even a little bit. Um, Charlie Brewer's gone and all of the guys behind him are also like Charlie, Charlie Brewer, just not good. Um, I, I don't know where the passing attack comes from here. The wide receivers aren't ter- terrible, but like Jacob Zeno isn't any good. Gary Bohannon was interesting as a recruit, but he's thrown what one pass. Um, okay. So he, yeah, he threw, I mean, this pass attack is miserable. Yeah. He threw 36 times in 2019. He completed 17 of those passes, two touchdowns, but 187 yards. He threw once last season for seven yards, um, 187 yards and 36 attempts. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not so good at math, but I would have to guess that the yards per attempt on that is, uh, not what you want. Yeah, that's coming in at 5.1 yards per attempt <laughs> through the air. That is uh, that's not really good. fucking awful. That's really uh, awful. I'll tell you, I think I'd probably start him and just go like 2012 Ohio State mode. <laughs> you just run him most plays. Um, he's, he's a good athlete. Um, he, he ran the ball pretty well in 2019 when he got the chance and, and you're going to need something from the running game. Man, looking at this rushing attack last year, it's, it's just pitiful. The leading yeah. rusher on this on this team last season had 197 yards. Oh, Craig Williams! I mean, God, yeah. you're in, you're in Texas, dude. There are like 24 yeah. star running backs in Texas every single year. Yeah, it really the top two uh, carry getters, I believe here. Tristan Tristan Ebner was actually a running back. He was just terrible. He averaged 2.1 yards per attempt. Um, but Charlie Brewer led the team in rushing in rushing attempts by more than twice the next guy. He had 107. Next up was 50. Um, How many of that was sacks, though? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He did live on his back last season. Yeah. Um, what happened also to to John Lovett, who used to be pretty good, um, and was John just, Lovett's the former SNL comedian. Yeah, exactly. And his he was just awful last year. Um, I like Craig Williams. I, I'm 
hoping he's back. It's always kind of hard to say with the transfer portal. Um, I liked a lo- I liked a lot of these wide receivers coming out of high school. I remember these guys as recruits, and like Tyquan Thornton was awesome uh, as a recruit. I don't I don't know if he is back as well. Um, as you might tell, I'm not super well versed on the Baylor wide receivers, but there should be talent on this offense. It's just there's no quarterback here at all, and. I think the the Grimes running game keeps them from being like the worst offense in the Big Twelve, but it's probably not by a ton. Um, do you do you have any thoughts on this defense, which I think should be really good? Yeah, right? I mean it's gonna be one of the best in the conference. I think they have yeah. ten starters coming back, and I think just about everybody from the two deep is coming back as well. It's it's like something like uh, it's I think it's something like nineteen of the top twenty two players for the defense last year. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we all know Dave Aranda's reputation as a defensive mind is is very strong. Um, they have probably three NFL guys, at least in the defense, with uh, defensive tackle Siaka Ika, who is a uh, LSU transfer. Uh, yeah. They have linebacker Terrell Bernard and safety. Uh, Jen, I don't know if that's Jalen Peter or Jalen Pitre. I don't know how it's pronounced. I I'll, believe it's I'll French and it's Peter. I'll, I'll, um, I'll, it doesn't matter. It's fine. Yeah, who gives a shit? Yeah. Uh, they're probably all NFL guys. It's a very veteran unit. If this is a top 25 defense in college football, which it has both like the talent and experience to be. Uh, things might get interesting for a bit. That, that could be at that point they could become a bowl eligible team, um, which is about all I would expect from them on the high end this season, personally. Yeah, and when we look at their schedule here, I think they win their first three pretty comfortably. Texas State's going to make them sweat a little bit because the quarterback is good there. But um, mm-hmm. you get at Texas State, which why are you guys going there? Um, Texas Southern mm-hmm. at home. That's got to be at, like a, a three for one, maybe I something don't know. like that. Um, Texas Southern at home and then at Kansas. That's three wins pretty easily. Um, I, right. I think that the, the hardest one there is Texas State and they're not going to lose to Texas State. Um, how about the rest of the schedule? <laughs> Unfortunately. So, see, yeah, that, that's... Uh, <laughs> They catch yeah. Iowa State at home the week after that, uh, which is three and one. Yep. They go on the road at Stillwater. That is almost certainly three and two. Yeah. Um, they catch West Virginia at home. Um, do you, what do you think? I think they probably lose that game, but it, it could get interesting, right? I don't think the Baylor offense is, is good enough to, to make this happen. I, I right. Think, That's the problem is their strengths don't match up very well. Yeah. Um, then it's BYU at home. I think they, probably win this game right this is not going to be a good BYU team um yeah I tend to agree with you so I I think it's four and three but it's not an especially impressive four and three it's sort of a four Mm -hmm. and three where they did the bare minimum um Texas at home no right after a bye week I I, I say probably probably not yeah and you also have there is actually a a kind of a uh a look ahead here because they do play at TCU the next week and that is at least somewhat of a rivalry but um, I do think that this is like the exact kind of game that the like Tom Herman Texas teams would lose. You yeah. know what I mean? Just one of these like stupid little like middle of the season Big Twelve games uh, with everyone watching and like I mean this time slot where another good games are on. Um, I mean like uh, I don't think Baylor wins this game, but if Steve Sharkeesian is just going to turn out to be Charlie Strong, Tom Herman 2.0, 3.0, yeah, uh, it, it's they'll lose this game. Yeah, well, yeah, now that Texas has hired a, uh, a recently successful offensive coordinator whose team won the national championship but has some, uh, you know, he has some personal <laughs> issues, I'm sure that it'll be different this time than the last time that they did that exact same thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. God, they, really, they hired the same goddamn guy. Um, it'll work great this time, though. But, I mean, yeah. look, now all the boosters will get in line. There's, And, of course, like, <laughs> we all know how great Steve Sharkeesian does with booster relationship management. That's, that's right. I'm sure this yeah. will work out awesome. Okay, yeah. so we have... We have Baylor four and four going to TCU. Yeah. Um, 
I this think is they a, lose that game. This is a crucial game for a lot of people, I think, on, on either side of this game. Yeah, I, I just think the fact that it's a road game, I, I find it hard to see Baylor winning that. Okay. But it will be, I, I think, a tight game, something like between one score and 10 points. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that seems fine to me. So that then puts them at, I believe, five and seven on the year because they close uh, Oklahoma at home um, at Kansas State and Texas Tech. We gave that game to Kansas State, and I'm assuming that you don't want to uh, give them a loss to Oklahoma or or a, a, a win against <laughs> Oklahoma or a loss to Texas Tech. Correct. Uh, so All we right. have them at five and seven, which is... That's fine. Uh, it's fine. It's an improvement. I mean, it's yeah. something... Uh, it's proof of concept, I guess. You yeah, just you gotta go get a up. fucking quarterback, dude. You gotta you gotta pay whatever transfer you gotta pay uh, to come to your program. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem like it should be all that hard, really. Um, I like the hires. I think that Dave Aranda is trending up. It's just uh, they don't have a quarterback, and that's gonna be that's gonna be an issue. Running game is gonna be good here, not this year, but soon. Jeff Grimes is really, really good. So we're gonna move now into tier two and TCU and. This is a, a team that we've danced around a little bit now here, and we're, we we probably shouldn't give them some due diligence at some point. Um, they lose Sonny Cumbie, who we have talked about, which is addition by subtraction. But, Ryan, they've brought in an old friend. Oh, yes. Kenny <laughs> Trill is the new quarterback coach at TCU. We love this. It's exciting. Yes. Kenny Trill's back in college football. Oh, yeah. Come on. We do apparently love Kenny been, Trill. He's, apparently, he's been an analyst there for a couple seasons, which I did yeah. not know. Uh, I don't know why I would know that, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's still exciting to see him back on the field again. Yeah, I liked Kenny Trill. He was fun. Um, unfortunately, he's working under an extremely shitty offensive coordinator. You'll be stunned to learn that Gary Patterson has hired a shitty offensive coordinator. Yeah, he made an internal promotion from their already terrible offense. Don't we love that? He's yes. doing the uh, the Mark D'Antonio move, yeah. uh, which, as we know, works out so well. Yeah, and guys, guess what? It's Sonny Cumbie's um, right-hand man, Doug Meacham, who we talked about earlier. We can't. It's like, it's like TCU has like an like a, a an STD. They can't get rid of these fucking guys. TCU has hired an offensive coordinator that uh, accidentally messed up trying to kill a prostitute in the woods in rural Pennsylvania. Uh, no, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> TCU just wants some of them ribs. Um, I will say though, uh, as bad as like, you know, the offensive brain trust here is they do have a lot of talent coming back on the, I mean, they have Max Duggins back at quarterback and he quietly improved at the end of the season last year. Um, He still doesn't score many touchdowns, which is through the air, at least was obviously an issue. Um, But he did cut down his turnovers and was a more effective runner. Um, He's like, he basically reminds me of Kenny Pickett at Pitt. I think of the same guy. Okay, uh, yeah. You're just not getting too much out of him when you know that, but he's also not going to fuck you over terribly in terms of like, he won't kill you with t- untimely interceptions all the time. Yeah. Um, you, you, you mentioned the touchdowns thing. It is just, I'll mention uh, troubling to, to be the ten start- touchdowns the entire yeah, season. Yeah. To be the starting quarterback for the entirety of a 10 game season and you throw 10 touchdown passes. That's awful. Yeah. That's not good. <laughs> Uh, really, it's really not bad. Good. But uh, on the other hand, I mean, the receiver, they had like a, a true freshman starting receiver last year, uh, Quentin Johnson, yeah. uh, who was really good, by the way, in some games, but it's a true freshman and kind of hit a wall at a certain point. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they have Tay Barber, Darius Davis, and Quentin Johnson all back at receiver. Tay um, Barber rocks. Ken, Tay Barber's cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like that receiver core. That's a good top three. Yeah. And running back, uh, everyone knows like former five star Zach Evans, who had like, one of the funniest recruitments of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he was 
really, really good towards the end of last season when he got a chance to be. And they also have Kendra Miller, who had, I think, more carries and yards than him. Yeah. Um, but those two are going to be a pretty effective duo. If I had to guess, Evans ends up taking the reins from uh, Kendra Miller as the year goes on. Just I would from a talent so. level. Yeah, I yeah. Would. And not only that, but, I mean, DC also has its top six offensive linemen from last year back and brought in Obina as a, as a transfer from Memphis, mm-hmm. who started 25 consecutive games at left tackle for the Tigers. Um, yeah. That's a good offensive line group. I mean, that's deep. That's healthy. That's uh, you can you can deal with an injury or two on the offensive line and still expect good production. Yeah, I suppose there are worse fates in the world than being a Big Twelve team with uh, you know your biggest offensive weakness is Max Duggan, right? Like that's not right. That's not terrible. It's just I, I think that you kind of hit the comparison earlier. Um, this is Pitt. This is Big Twelve Pitt. Um, like <laughs> the thing of, everyone loves to be. Yeah, kind of to a T down to like the extremely committed defensive system that just isn't working, right? Like at least not in the way that they want it to. Um, yeah, the mediocre quarterback, like you yeah. always have potential on the roster, but you never win more than like seven games or eight games. Yeah. What happens? Uh, your head coach is like someone everyone else besides your fan base seems to like for some reason. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and actually, the, you're in a major city. It's actually pretty goddamn funny how close to it. I, I never realized this, but <laughs> you were right. TCU is Big Twelve Pit. They're, they're kissing cousins. It's like Ohio State and LSU. They're they're, they're secretly yeah. sisters. <laughs> um, the defense, the defense should be fine. Yeah, sorry. Right? Like I, I think it'll be okay. I, I like their defensive line. I like the defensive line on good. Bit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think Kerry Coleman and Ochoa Mathis are a pretty good duo. Um, they should be able to get pressure off the edge. I mean, I don't know. It's never a given, but it's a, certainly a possibility. Yeah. Um, I, it's just they lose their starting two safeties, which is kind of important in this defense, I would say. Yeah. Uh, you don't usually <laughs> want to do that. Um, the cornerbacks aren't really anything especially impressive either. Um, I, I think the defense will be a Gary Patterson defense. It'll probably be top 50, but the offense is roughly in the same range. And I mean, in this conference, that's, that's enough to get you bowl eligible, but the ceiling here is exactly what it has been for like five years now. It's just, it's probably like seven and five, eight and four. Um, and they'll, they'll probably lose a dumb one. I, I really, I don't know if they can go a whole lot higher or a whole lot lower than that this year. Yeah, Matt, that's all completely fair. I, I can't blame any of that. Um, that having been said, would you like to go through their schedule with me? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. They start off the season with a, I mean, uh, it's, it's going to be a rote win. It's a Duquesne Dukes. They have an FCS yep. team at home. Uh, shout out to Duquesne, Pittsburgh Legends. Um, the next two games are kind of interesting. They have uh, Cal, a bye week, and then SMU. Yeah. I think they probably beat Cal and lose to SMU. Okay. Yeah. But either way, I see them splitting these games, right? I'll, I think that's just. Does does Cal also just real quick to to complete the uh, the holy trifinity? Yes, Cal the, is Pac-12 yeah, the, pit. The, whole, yes. the holy trinity. Yeah, <laughs> Cal is Pac-12 pit. TCU is Big 12 pit. Pit is is regular pit. Um, Who is Big Ten pit? I mean, it was Michigan State. Um, that's true, but Michigan but, State uh, won a lot more than Pitt has in a long time. Yeah, so I don't know who it would be now. Is, is, it, is Northwestern? Is it, it might be Northwestern. Is it Iowa? Oh, no, you know who it is. It's Minnesota. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Minnesota's had like a capable offense in the last 40 years. Damn, fair enough. <laughs> uh, SEC Pit. SEC is... Pit is every non Alabama team in the SEC. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Mississippi State is probably SEC Pit. Allegedly. Okay. okay. <laughs> like this year or in general? 
just overall. Okay, because cult- <laughs> culturally, I'm not I'm not entirely sold on that, but maybe um, we'll talk about this off the air. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, I, I don't have any issues with that. I think SMU is is better than Cal. I wouldn't be surprised if TCU loses both of those games, but I'm fine with splitting them. Yeah, um, I mean, Cal's going to be a rock fight. That's going to be a game that someone wins like boy. 17 to 14. Guys, don't watch uh, that one. <laughs> <laughs> just just kick it on to something else. Um, yeah. After uh, that they, SMU game, you have the the second best uh, team from Texas in that span of weeks in Texas. Um, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this, is a, this is a home game. I mean, no, right? Like TCU doesn't win this game? No, is TCU that- doesn't. Fi- like Steve Sarkeesian is, is pretty stupid, and I, I don't think his offense will be as good as Texas fans are hoping for, yeah. but they will still just overpower TCU, in my opinion. I but if TCU think- does win this game, they're all of a sudden uh, – <laughs> they're gonna, we'll talk about that. That's not going to happen, but we we will have a raucous episode on October fourth uh, if okay. uh, if TCU wins this game because I'm yeah. be excited about it. All right. So next up, you do have a win here for TCU, right? At at Texas Tech. Correct. Okay. So that gets uh, you so to that gets you three and to two. what? Three and two. Three and yeah, two. Not yep. awful. You do unfortunately have to go to Oklahoma the next week, hmm. which is uh, not a win. Up. But yeah. uh, West Virginia at home. What do we what are we feeling there? I think WVU and TCU are very similar teams this season, just kind of on opposite sides of the ball. Yeah. And I think the fact that it's a home game, I give the toss up to TCU. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I don't feel very strongly about either of these teams, but I think it's, you know, it's a home game. Uh, and obviously WVU has a lot of travel to do for these road games. Yeah. At um, Kansas state, I believe we gave to TCU. Correct. That's five and three and Baylor at home makes them six and three. Okay. Uh, and then on the road at Oklahoma State, I'd say they'd probably lose that game. But I, I still, I feel like I'm giving a lot of wins to Oklahoma State this year, but I don't like them very much as the team. Does, I, I, are we comfortable with like a 9-3 and three Oklahoma State, assuming that they lose to Texas and then Iowa State and Oklahoma? I think that's the it, question. It feels because, wrong, but it might just happen anyway. Because like, it's it's either has, it has to either be TCU, West Virginia, or someone non-conference. I don't know what their non-conference looks, schedule looks like. You know what? Like, I, I think TCU might win this game. No, it just feels weird to say, but it, I don't know. I don't think they do. If it was a if it was a home game, I would feel a little better about it. But they, I don't think that I don't think that they have the the top end talent to keep up here. And that's okay. not to say that Oklahoma State's like going to blow them off the field. I think it'll be stupidly close, and Oklahoma State fans will be miserable. But um, I, I don't think TCU is is the the team to do it essentially. Um, okay, so, so we uh, in that case we have them finishing seven and five because they will yep. beat Kansas and lose to Iowa State. That's a respectable season, and, and I mean, it could break a few ways. Like, I mean, they have what one, two, three, four toss ups in the schedule. Yeah, like there's a scenario where they miss a bowl game and a scenario where they win eight or nine games. Yeah, and uh, the most likely option is that they do the exact same thing that they've done for like four years now, uh, which is go seven and five and be kind of disappointing, but not like large enough to make it so that they do anything about it. And whichever way we say they'll get to that seven and five, it will not happen that way. Yeah. They will somehow manage to be weird and strange about it. Yeah, they'll uh, they'll, they'll win seven. Well, they'll manage to win seven games that we predicted they would lose, even though we have them at yes, seven and five. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, 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 they'll add games to the schedule to get to seven and five. Um Next up here at West Virginia, it sounds like you're a little lower on oh, West Virginia on, pa- than Patrick. Do you hear that? <laughs> Sorry, that is the Ryan Donnelly 2021 letdown siren sounding okay. in the West Virginia Mountaineers. <laughs> it is the letdown siren official pick of the year coming Man. from West Virginia here. Man, I hate to do it. I hate to do it to him. Um, yeah. 
Look, the, my favorite part about West Virginia was Jamil Day, their co-defensive coordinator, who and their defensive backs group overall. And yeah. they lost Jamil Day to Georgia, as well as most of their good defensive backs. Um, this is a really, really good defense. But, I mean, like, they lost five. Uh, arguably, their five best players that defense, or five of their six best players, uh, because Dante Stills is back. Yeah, uh, Darius still older brother's gone. Uh, but, uh, you know, five of their six best players in that defense are gone, as well as their best defensive coach. That's yeah. a that's a pretty that's a pretty big problem for a team that did not win the game through the offense whatsoever. Yeah, and I I will say that Neil Brown is is maybe the one of the better assessors of coaching talent in college football. I think he hires mm-hmm. really really good assistants. Um, Obviously, it's easier said than done to replace someone who who just got plucked to to Georgia. Um, right. Like that's that's a good coach, you know. That's that's gonna hurt. Um, but I I think that the the defense certainly will take a step back. It's just as a sort of it was really good last year and it lost a bunch of guys. It's gonna happen. Um, the offense, I think, that, might, that's the life cycle when you're a program of this caliber. You know, I mean, you're not yeah. when you're not Georgia or or Alabama or you know Oklahoma. That's just what happens to you. Yeah, the big three. Um, the uh, <laughs> The offense, I, I think, the offense, I think, takes a step forward. I just don't know how much of a step it takes. Uh, Jarrett Deggy, the quarterback, is fine. He got benched in the bowl game, which is not usually what you want to see. Um, it's actually pronounced Jarrett, Jarrett Dogecoin. Okay, yeah. Um, Letty Brown, the running back, I like quite a bit. Actually, I, I, um, I think he's a talented player. I think he can do a little bit of everything, which you usually like, especially in this offense. Um, the uh, fun fact about Letty Brown is that yeah. uh, I met him when he was in high school. He was like really young in high school, like a sophomore. Yeah. Uh, and his high school coach texted me because I, at the time, was covering Ohio State for rivals. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, uh, his coach thought that I actually was the Ohio, one of the Ohio State assistants uh, <laughs> and was texting me asking for an Ohio State offer for Letty Brown. So fun story <laughs> there. Uh, unfortunately, I was not able to follow through, but I wish yeah. Letty around the best nonetheless. Yeah, it would have been very cool if you had just, like, how far can I take this? <laughs> <laughs> I was asking for a check for like 500 bucks. Yeah, that, <laughs> paying for scholarship offers. <laughs> Doing the reverse yeah. bag, man. <laughs> what um, can you do? <laughs> yeah, but the receivers here stink. They're not very good. The line is fine. Um, I think the whole the, line's back, though. I mean, it, it was just yeah. okay, but I mean, all five starters are back, which is at least somewhat helpful. Yeah, and it's not and they like, also they brought in uh, Doug Nestor, yeah, the transfer from Virginia Tech, mm, who was a we, former highly ranked blue chip recruit. Uh, you know him. Maybe people listen to this podcast know him because he was an early commit to Ohio State, who uh, whenever Urban left, uh, ended up going to West, uh, Virginia Tech instead. Yeah, and then transferred out of Virginia Tech to West Virginia, his home state. Yeah, and then everybody else who's listening to this knows him because he is the uh, illegitimate son of <laughs> the uh, the congressman, uh, whatever whichever uh, freak that was that had the kid. Come on, Nestor. Come on, finish is, the joke. <laughs> who is it? Who was it? Was it was it Matt Gates? Is it him? It's Matt Gates. Matt Gates. Okay, yeah. Matt Gates. No, that guy's up to some cool stuff. Um, anyway, mm. congratulations to Doug Nestor on his uh, father's success. I guess um, <laughs> he's he's good. Like literally three people uh, in the world get the combined. Uh, <laughs> Behind tabs of that joke. <laughs> it's just you, me, and like one guy listening, and he's just losing his mind right now. Um, I, I think Bushwick West Virginia, Kirk Ferentz gets that joke. Yeah, that's right. We love Bushwick Kirk Ferentz. Um, I think West Virginia is fine this year. I think they're pretty much the same as every other team in this tier. Um, they're fine. The offense should be 
okay. The defense takes a step back, won't, but won't be bad either. Um, I think that they're more, more well coached than most teams in this in this league, just by True. proxy of they have a good coach, whereas most of the teams in this league have a bad coach. Um, hmm, yep. <laughs> I, so I, I think they get bowl eligible. I think they're probably about seven and five, depending on the schedule. It's just. I don't know if there's a single team in this league that can jump up and beat either of the top two teams here. Like, I I think it's pretty obvious that Iowa State and Oklahoma are just going to roll through this conference. Yeah, I mean, there's a scenario where, like, Texas does beat Iowa State in the regular season, but then loses, like, two stupid games to other teams and just misses the conference championship again. Uh, But it's not likely. I don't know. Anyway, let's go through West Virginia's schedule while we got them here. Okay. Um, They start the year on the road in College Park at Maryland. Yeah. Yeah. Maryland is going to be at least a little frisky this season. I think people, a lot of people like Talia Tagovailoa. Um, I do think that Western wins this game, though. I do too. I almost think it's a blowout, um, just because Maryland does this every like four years, where people are like, "Oh my God, Maryland's going to be good this year," and then they sell out the stadium, and Maryland gets it, its uh, shit pushed in. By yeah, they like, started six and zero one season, right? Yeah, I think it happened against Penn State a couple years ago, where they like sold out and they had a big. It was like a, like a weeknight game, and they lost like fifty nine to nothing. They just got absolutely <laughs> destroyed. Um, Mar- guys, don't talk yourself into Maryland. It's Mike Locks. Don't he's, do it. He's won like four games in his entire coaching career, and he's coached don't like twenty do years. It. Don't do it, guys. Um, Look, Raheem Jarrett's going to the NFL. That's great. He's Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs won like seven games throughout all four yeah. years of college and went to yeah. the fifth round because Maryland fucked him up. Raheem yeah. Jarrett would do the same thing, and then he'll be good in the NFL because what everyone at Maryland does. Yeah, we love it. Um, next up is Virginia Tech at home. I think also a, a win. No, we missed, you missed a game there, buddy. They have a, a FCS team, the LIU Sharks in between. Oh, okay. See, that's my issue is that college football reference doesn't list that. So um, that's... Uh, not my fault. I can't be held accountable. Hmm. I am holding you accountable because as always, I'm using podcast partner, fbschedules.com. Who just, <laughs> they texted me 30 seconds ago telling me they're giving us $1 million to sponsor the podcast. They're giving us $1 million so long as both of us use the schedule on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really understand the business model, but it's paying off big time. Yeah. So, um, so three and zero to start the season, right? Do we think they beat Virginia Tech? Oh, they're definitely beat Virginia Tech. I, yeah. I'd say so. I think yeah. Virginia Tech fucking sucks this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's three and zero, And then, they're going to go on the road to Oklahoma to get stomped yeah, in the whoops. mouth. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> that's a deflating loss, but they will recover quickly uh, by beating Texas Tech at home and Baylor on the road. Yeah. Uh, to start off a season five and one going to their bye week. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, not terrible. Um, they don't um, get the they don't get the Halloween bye week, which we hate to see. They get an October sixteenth mm-hmm. bye week. Um, if, but if you're not doing a Halloween bye week, the exact midpoint bye week is not a bad idea either. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. mind that as much. Uh, just bisect the season. Um, and then that's a college word, Patrick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know that one. I, I, uh, I, I can mean anything. <laughs> uh, and then they go on the road to TCU, which we did have them losing, uh, okay. for our TCU yeah. preview. Um, that has them at five and two followed by a home game against Iowa state, which I think we can both safely say they will lose. Yeah. Um, that's five and three Oklahoma state at home. I, okay. I think they might win this game Okay. I, as much as I don't like either team really. Yeah. But, I guess I just think Neil Brown's much, much smarter than Mike Gundy. And I could see them him out Fox. I like, I am worried about the defense, but it's going to be November. Like if they're going to get it fixed at all, which I think Neil Brown might get it fixed. Yeah. It'll be by this point in the season. This is not an early season loss. Yeah. And we were just talking about how, you know, somebody's going to have to pull off the upset over Oklahoma state that is like required. Um, It's it's probably this one. I think this makes sense. Um, Okay. So then they, they close the season with, 
probably two of three wins. They go at Kansas State, Texas at home at Kansas. I, I think we're pretty comfortable in saying that they beat the Kansas teams and lose to Texas. Yeah, that sounds right to me. So we have them going eight and four. Yeah, uh, that's, that's a pretty good year. That's I mean, not that's like, bad. Uh, it feels wrong. It feels like they just blow one of these games. Maybe it's like the Oklahoma State game I predicted, but um, yeah. eight, like seven and five, eight and four is right where they should be this year. I, I think they, they got a real shot to go eight and four though. You're right. Yeah. Okay. So next up here, Oklahoma State. Uh, we're coming up near the end of tier two here. Texas is also in tier two. We will get to them. Yeah. If you can't tell, the entire conference is tier two. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> um, man, this offense is kind of like not very good, right? <laughs> it's, before, it's, we, before we go into details, can I just say I'm just I don't really need Oklahoma State to exist as a program. I'm just tired yeah. of them, dude. I don't. They're the most boring fucking program in college football. Yeah. They I, do the I'm same certainly. thing every single year. They're yeah. never going to beat Oklahoma. It's never going to happen. It's like watching the Michigan Ohio State game, except with no one else caring. Like, there's none of the tradition. There's none of like the uh, like Schadenfreude for laughing at Michigan because everyone kind of wants Oklahoma State to win. Like, it, it just sucks. Yeah. Um, God, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm just. This is a disappointing thing to say about a team in our preview. So sorry. Yeah. But, uh, I, yeah. I mean, I don't really care what to say about that. They got Spencer Sanders and Desmond Jackson, but. Yeah, and, and Spencer Sanders is kind of like not very good. He just he blows. He's just not good. He turns um, the ball over so much. He's like it's funny. It's it's funny to say because of the their proximity here, but he's he's kind of just like the worst version of Spencer Rattler. And Spencer Rattler's already kind of not very good right now. Um, he might be he might <laughs> be better. He might be better this season. I would assume so. But like he was really good in the second half last year. He but just, he was he also like he started the season as as a deeply chaotic kind of difficult to control quarterback and Spencer Sanders was just fully that like the entire season. Right. Um, he's got arm talent. It's just that um, they, it's Mike Gundy's offense and it's not it's very every good. Mike Gundy quarterback, dude. Yeah. They're never yeah. going to be good. <laughs> yeah. It's weird how Mike Gundy keeps hiring offensive coordinators who seem like they know what they're doing. Like Sean Gleason, who's at Rutgers now really good offensive coordinator. And then it's, it's strange. It's still Mike Gundy's offense. <laughs> Mm. starting to think that maybe he's just the one calling the offense. And that's why it's the exact same thing every year. The only guy who ever used the Mike Gundy connection correctly is Mike Yersich, who correctly got the bag from like three different schools off of the yeah. Gundy connection. He jumped it, from Oklahoma state to Ohio state to uh, Texas. Yeah. And, and we're all very excited to see Mike Yersich coordinate an offense for the first time, presumably in 2025 when he will get the chance <laughs> to do that because he's also not going to do it at Penn state this year. It's pretty um, funny, dude. He, he is just going to go to every single big program in America and he, no one's going to know who he is or what he does. He's the most anonymous man in college football. He's going to be like, like, he's going to be at like Florida next year and then Oklahoma in 2023, <laughs> just working under coaches that he call somehow, their offenses. He somehow ends up in the Alabama rehabilitation program and has to call plays for the very first time. And he kills Nick Saban. He he's kills the Nick, Nick Saban dynasty. He, he ends up being the next coach at Alabama somehow. He just backs oh his way God. into that job. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's the uh, the Saban Dabo interregnum coach. Who's the uh, God damn it? Uh, the Lord Protector in England. You know what I'm talking about? The guy who was like in between the kids. You know this reference I'm making here, Patrick? Little no reference. No man. Uh, was it on. was it uh, Matt Gates? <laughs> Give me one second. I'm, I'm fucking <laughs> typing this with one hand while I hold my microphone. Um, <laughs> Oliver Cromwell's name I'm looking for. Sure. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to shout out to Oliver Cromwell, <laughs> the former Lord Protector of England. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys who is responsible for uh, uh, the murder of millions of people during the Irish Potato Famine. Uh, mm -hmm. Fuck yeah, to Oliver Cromwell. 
you just said shout out to him and, and we do actually have confirmation that you uh support you give full critical support to all things England. Uh you God you, damn it. No. You, you love England. You always say every time we start the podcast, we actually I cut this off at the beginning because it doesn't really feel, you know, pertinent. But you do say mm-hmm. God save the queen and you you know you you say all that stuff. And, no, I actually sing it. I don't just say it. Yeah, Let's you, you sing it there. and you talk about how it's coming home and I'm uh, you know, it's uh <laughs> You, you drink five. You drink five beers in a row that all look like piss. They're just like complete, like 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 they look like you drank a gallon of water and then just poured your piss into the cup and drank that too. Um, it's really a tough. It's a tough look for someone who claims to be you know Irish. And it's it's anyway. Speaking of gallons of piss, let's keep talking about the Oklahoma State Cowboys in 2021. Um, I will say uh, uh, one guy who I do like. This maybe the only person in the entire program I'm interested in. Uh, is is, uh, is Jim Knowles, uh, their defensive good. coordinator. Yeah, I mean, everyone gives all the credit to Alex Grinch, all the headlines as well. I mean, for good reason. He's really good. But uh, Jim Knowles was like pretty quietly turned Oklahoma State into a good defense and kind of kept them on the same level as a lot of other teams in this conference. Yeah, yeah, the defense I think is is good. It, it should be one of the better ones in the conference. It's just that Mike Gundy is running this offense, so the ceiling is 9-3 like it always is. All right, let's talk about the schedule. Yep. Um, they start off the season home against Missouri State, uh, which is a win. Yeah, and they will that, also catch. I, I believe that's uh, I believe that's where Bobby Petrino is, right? Oh man, let can me, you can me, imagine if Mike Gundy loses to Bobby Petrino? Let me let me look at this here. I'm I'm pretty sure on this. Um, yeah, it's Bobby Petrino. Let's go, <laughs> let's go. Okay, never mind. They're losing this game. Meeting, me, a, a meeting of the minds at midfield after that game. <laughs> Somehow, Welcome. despite being in an FCS school in Missouri, Bobby Petrino has once again found like a South Florida quarterback who can run for 2,000 yeah. yards in a season. Yeah. Welcome to the Mind Palace. <laughs> um, okay, so want to know, they catch Tulsa at home, who was obviously a very good team last year, but loses, in my opinion, their two best players on defense. Yeah, And uh, it's just not that... Uh, I mean, they bring back a lot of returning starters, but... I mean, come on. I don't know. Like, they don't have any game-changing players in this roster. They'll, Oklahoma State will win this pretty handily. Yeah. Um, I also, real quick, why did Tulsa schedule Oklahoma State and Ohio State <laughs> for this non-conference? Uh, that seems it's called like, a check. Yeah. All right. Yeah, sure enough. Um, uh, this this next game year, here. This, hmm, <laughs> uh, Oklahoma State's going on the road to Boise. Uh, I, a game that I think they're going to lose. Yeah, I do too. Because Boise that State is a, has, has like a good defense. <laughs> Uh, that is a 9 p.m. kickoff. Uh, we will be hooting and hollering during that game, which will be finishing up at like, you know, uh, 1230 at night probably. Yeah. Uh, so you will be getting fresh up of covering the Tulsa Ohio State game and coming home and drinking 19 beers to watch Oklahoma <laughs> State get obliterated. Uh, oh, do we agree man. Oklahoma State loses this game? Yeah, I put it down game? already. I think they're two and one. Let's go. Um, uh then they get Kansas State and Baylor at home the next two. They should win both of those pretty comfortably. Yep. Um, that's a four and one start. Very early bye week. Yeah. Uh, before they go on the road to Texas, I don't like Texas, but I like them more than I like Oklahoma State. Yeah, and they're also you got bye week at Texas at Iowa at Iowa State here. That's I mean that's not great. That's not really what you want. That sounds like two straight losses to me. Um, yeah, I think that's four and three. They do get Kansas at home to bounce back to five and three. Um, going we down said the they stretch. lose at West Virginia. Yeah, so they lose at West Virginia to fall to five and four. Um, they, these last we beat three, TCU. Yeah. yeah, TCU at Texas Tech, and then they lose to Oklahoma. So that's seven and five. Yeah, that um, sounds about right. I think Oklahoma State's getting like a lot of hype this season. I, I, let me look up their uh, – 
their over under for win totals here. I think it's way too high. Yeah, I feel like maybe at some point we should stop uh, falling for this, guys. Because <laughs> yeah. they do this every year, and they're always the exact same team. Um, it's it's like the you know falling for TCU every year. They're just not. They're never going to do it. Um, and this this team is so severely limited by its oh. own coach. I'm actually, this is my fault here. I was uh, talking shit to Las Vegas. Uh, they're over under for win totals, actually seven and a half, which is Let's just go. about correct. Let's go. Uh, I'll take the under on that. Yeah. Yeah. I think they go seven and um, five. Just barely, but yeah, they, fuck them. Yeah. All right. Let's talk Steve <laughs> Sarkeesian. Let's talk Texas. Texas has four offensive uh, line starters back. Um, the offense, I think, is the thing that people are watching here. Um, Bajan Robinson is awesome. He's really, really good. The former five star running back. Um, he might be the best running back in America. Like he, he he's, I mean, yeah. he's really fucking good. They, the problem is they barely gave him the ball last season until the end of the yeah. year. Yeah. He's really, really good. Um, I'm troubled by the quarterbacks. <laughs> Just I, I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I mean, whether it's Hudson Card or Casey Thompson, I think they like both guys. I don't know. When you have like that kind of talent in a battle, I think that usually ends up being a good thing most years. It, I, you'd think so, but it, you really need someone who understands the system to run it here, like someone who can get the ball out quickly. Um, and and so like like all of their all of Alabama's explosive plays were based around Mac Jones standing in the backfield for 20 seconds. But that um, is the biggest thing that is. Yeah. And I wrote that down here, too. I'm not sure if you saw it in our preview, but I mean, like uh, Sarkeesian and just all of his plays, these long developing deep balls that took like seven seconds to go. And yeah. uh, Alabama just had a line full of guys who were six, seven, 350 pounds were all first round picks. So like it worked. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they have an NFL coach coaching the lines. So. Yeah. But then the, the, the troubling thing with that is that the two things this offense does are it, it does those long developing passes, which requires a really good offensive line, which I don't think Texas has. And if you don't have that, it does all these quick hit RPOs where you have to be able to read the defense really quickly. And you're choosing between two quarterbacks that have never had to do that before. And by uh, the way, both of them rely on having really good receivers who are either great at getting open deep or great with the ball in their hands. Yeah. And uh, nobody in the roster here has proven they're that guy. Yeah, it's they have a whole bunch of guys that are like, boy, it would be really nice, I'd say, to have like Garrett Wilson on this team. <laughs> Seems like yeah, they maybe Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, uh, they should have uh, <laughs> they should have maybe considered recruiting those guys better. Let's um, let's just take a little detour here, Patrick. Do you mind? Uh, yeah, sure. I'd like to go through some recent receivers from the state of Texas over the last okay. several years. All right. Um, let's uh, let's go back to the twenty twenty one class this past season. Yeah. Um, Actually, no, I'm sorry. This is probably, we haven't seen any of these guys play yet, so no one's going to care about them. Uh, let's go to the 2020 class, which is last year's freshman. Um, yeah. One second here. Get these pulled up. Okay. We have five star receiver Damon Demas, who signed with Texas AM. Yeah. Do you think he could have helped? It would have uh, maybe been nice. <laughs> Okay, we have five-star receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to start for Ohio State in the deepest receiver room, um, not just in college football this season, although it is. Uh, it has an argument to be like the single deepest receiver room in the history of college football this year. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba will start for that team. Um, yeah. Maybe yeah, a guy you want to sign. Yeah, that's not, that's, not, that's not bad. Um, let's see here. Who else? Who else? Maybe some other players that have played pretty big roles at receiver for other teams. I've got, um, I've got, I've Marvin got Mims. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, before we get there, last year, Marvin Mims, contributor, the true freshman for Oklahoma. Yeah. Maybe a guy you'd like to have. Um, yeah. People are saying that. 
Uh, <laughs> we're, certainly, we're certainly looking into it. Um, oh, look at I, this. Look who else is from Texas. We have Penn State receiver Parker Washington, who was their huh. best player on their team as a true freshman. Yeah, he was receiver really good from Texas. Year. Yeah. 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 His whole, his Maybe whole thing a guy. That, yeah. His, his whole Sorry, thing was that he was, he was kind of maxed out as a recruit, but as it turns out, he was really good. <laughs> Yeah, maybe really- signing players who were quote maxed out as uh you know some of the best players in the state of Texas. Guys, you want yeah. to have your team. Yeah, weird Look to think this. about. Yeah, we've got okay, 2019 class. That's five star Garrett Wilson, future first round pick, three year starter for Ohio State. Yeah. A guy you'd like to have? It's possible. Yeah, it's something to think um, about. Look at this. Oklahoma starting receiver, Theo Weiss, a five star receiver playing for a biggest rival. Yeah. Maybe a guy you'd like to have. <laughs> <laughs> Something, something to think about, certainly. Um, uh, they've got Jordan Whittington. They did sign him. Um, okay. He's not done very much yet, but uh, yeah. he was a five-star receiver they landed. They missed on Trajan Bridges, who was a heavy contributor for Oklahoma. I believe left via transfer over, he got like arrested or something, got kicked out of school. Sure. Um, yeah. Allegedly. Don't okay. maybe misquote me. I could be wrong. Yeah. But I think I'm right. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, Dylan Wright went to Texas A&M, a top 100 player at receiver. Yeah, uh, who they did not land. They lost Elijah Higgins, another top 100 player at receiver to Stanford. Um, they lost Marquez Beeson, a top 100 player at receiver to Illinois. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's on. see here. <laughs> they lost Jalen Curry, a top 200 player at receiver to Arizona. Yeah. Um, he was a uh, Grant Gannell's quarterback. Uh, obviously, I mean, he's not going to do much to Arizona, but I did like him. Uh, as a recruit a little bit. You know who would be really nice to have? Who, uh, I, I don't know if you mentioned this guy Oh, earlier. man, I just uh, got to him. But uh, I don't even know if this is the guy who you just got to, but who would have been really nice to have who was on campus, actually, and, and signed with Texas. Uh, hey, Brew McCoy. <laughs> oh, man. A, maybe would have been a good dude to have. Uh, the other player I just got to in the following class who uh, would really be good to have, have you ever heard of a man named Jalen Waddle? Uh, even getting just really deep into it here just like if we're getting really down the nitty gritty they missed on the eval for Levante Chenault who's gone to Colorado and produced immediately as a freshman after his brother was already in NFL radars (laughs) yeah yeah he was already you already knew his older brother was gonna be good and you still didn't even look at him well and you know that Famously, that does work for any. I mean, the 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 Hooker brothers, obviously, a great example of. Okay, I mean, come on, no, but like, uh, you shouldn't take every brother, but you should be able to maybe evaluate him a little better. Yes, I know what you're saying. Um, see how long we can keep going. I think there are more guys. Uh, On on the other side of the ball for Texas, it's uh, it's also not great. I really love Pete Kwiatkowski. Is that how you say it, Kwiatkowski from? I think it's Kwiatkowski, yeah. Kwiatkowski. Uh, he's good. Some Polish freak. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Um, they, they brought in a bunch of transfers, but that isn't usually a, an amazing sign for the talent that they have, obviously. Um, the front seven is yeah. awesome. I, I think the front seven is going to be really good. It's just that the uh, the secondary isn't. They've had like eight guys in the last two years announce that they're transferring out of the secondary and then not do it and then decide that they are transferring and then you know post a subtweet about Tom Herman or things like that. Um, they Yeah, they should maybe look into not uh, doing that, it seems like a, a decent a decent strategy is to just not do that. Um, but I, I think the defense should be <laughs> fine, and the offense is going to have a good running game. It's just like this is not a, a a conference title contender in the way that people maybe think it is this year. Like I I, I don't hate the Sarkeesian hire. It's just this is not this is not the team to do it, guys. This is very much a year one situation here where they're going to have to try and 
find some things that work, find some guys that they can use moving forward, but they do not have the full roster here to, to, compete at the level. Yeah, it's, just, it's every Texas team, dude. I mean, they have yeah. all the talent in the world. They have like really expensive coaches. People seem to like in the theory and they don't really match them up to the point where they don't like maximize their talent. And uh, they're not going to win the conference title because they don't like know how to use the play. They don't, first of all, they're terrible evaluators of talent in the state of Texas. Yeah. And uh, they're not very good developers of talent either because they have very limited NFL production in recent years. Yeah. There's just, uh, and, and I don't think that's going to change really, if I'm being honest. Um, I'm not very bullish on this this team or its future right now. Yeah. Um, schedule here is, eh, it's okay. The non-conference isn't terrible. They're going to lose to Louisiana in week one. They're going to um, get a dick stop. Yeah. They're going to lose by two touchdowns. Yeah. And then it's at Arkansas and Rice at home. Um, I think they win the, the last two there, right? Like, yeah, I, they I, won both of those. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it'd be very funny if they lost to Arkansas, but that doesn't seem like if it. they start out. Oh, and two under, uh, <laughs> under Steve Sharkeesian. Can you imagine what that fan base will do? Oh dude. <laughs> I mean, just the absolute misery, just the abject, <laughs> just loss of joy. They'll feel, I mean, honestly, it would be one of the funniest things to happen in a very long time. I, I wouldn't even feel bad at all. I oh, love it. Oh God. Oh, we got them starting. Quinn was posting after the Arkansas game. Oh, well, if you guys had won that game, I was going to flip, but I guess not. <laughs> Quinn, you were posting, you better not swing and miss twice. <laughs> um, okay, so we've got uh, we've got them starting two and one, uh, and they get a home game against Texas Tech, which I would say is a comfortable three and one. You'd agree? Um, yeah. yeah. Then a road game at TCU, which we have them winning to go four and one. Yep. Uh, then they have the Red River Shootout, uh, which of course they will lose as a tradition. Yeah, um, to go four and two, uh, we have them beating Oklahoma State to go five and two. Um, then a bye week, then a road game at Baylor on Halloween, which we think they win, which is yep. six and two. Um, a road game at Iowa State, they're gonna they're gonna lose that game. Yeah, they're um, gonna lose that game. There is a scenario in a home game where I could see them winning that, but uh, no, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. no, um, <laughs> six and three. Right after that, they off. get they get yeah, Kansas at home which is a win um, at West Virginia and Kansas state at home. That's what, that's three wins, right? It's nine and three. Yeah. Nine and three. That's not, not awful. I think that they could very well lose to West Virginia there. It's on the road. Um, to, I, to do, I don't think it's going to happen. And we, we've both been very bullish on Louisiana, but there is a scenario where they do just out talent Louisiana. Again, I don't yeah. think it happens, but, but it is theoretically possible, um, which anywhere from eight and four to 10 and two is in play. But yeah. I, I do think they will finish a comfortable nine and three. Yeah. If they go nine and three and there's not like, players revolting in the locker room and things like that, then they're in a pretty good spot. Cause that was seemingly Tom Herman's biggest issue was that all of his players hated him and said so publicly, like every time they got the chance, right. um, which this is not team's usually... biggest issue though, is that they do not have any receivers and that can be fixed in recruiting so fast. If you do it right. Yeah. Receivers can play year one. I mean, like yeah. that is something you should be able to fix this year. And uh, <laughs> we should be uh Let's get back to the recruiting side of Texas real quick here. I want to pull up the top players in Texas this class and see how they're doing for them. Because I'm actually, I, I have not uh, looked at this too closely. If memory serves, I don't think it's well. I, I think it's, I think it's not well. Um, yeah, they, they're projected to get two of the top three guys in Texas, but uh, they're supposed to miss on uh, eight of the top 10 besides that, which ooh. is uh, what we like to call not ideal. No, uh, they not did great. already lose five-star receiver commit uh, Caleb Burton to Ohio state. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who I, I'll say may not actually be a five-star, but he's still good. Um, he's really good. I mean, yeah. He's, he's good. He's just, he is like the lowest rated five-star of the five stars. It's just, he's still a guy you'd want to have if you're Texas. 
they, they did uh, get Armani Winfield, who's a player that Ohio State and AM and a lot of other teams really liked and wanted. Um, yeah. That is a pretty good get at receiver. I like him. I think he can contribute very early on. But he is also the 25th ranked player in the state of Texas. Yeah. Um, moving up to tier one now, these are the two teams in this conference that are uh, good. The rest of them are either they're varying from very bad to okay. Um, or just annoying. Yeah. yeah, or just annoying like Oklahoma State. Um, we'll start here with the, I think, more interesting of the two. Uh, Iowa State, which returns like everyone, right? Pretty much everyone on the offense and, and also on the defense. There's there's really no one leaving this team. Um, Matt Campbell is back. Uh, the entire offensive line is back. Brock Purdy, Brees Hall, um, Charlie even Kohler. The, yeah, Charlie Kohler. Even the defensive coordinator, John Haycock, is back. He's really good as well. He um, is 95 years old. Yeah, Mike, Mike Rose and Will McDonald return on defense. They've got three really good cornerbacks. Man, I just <laughs> – I don't know. I don't know if there's a ton to break down here. These guys are probably just going to be a better versions of what they were last year, and they were really good last year. Right. But and also I think it's a fair question to consider, like, what does the better version mean? Because like, is the jump big enough to like eliminate the only game that matters in their schedule is the, uh, is the Oklahoma game. And I still don't think they're going to have to beat Oklahoma. I don't, I don't know about you, but speaking personally, uh, it's the same as it always is. They'll lose to Oklahoma in the regular season. They'll lose to them again in the big 12 title game. In the regular season, I think, I think I'm, I'm willing to agree with that sight unseen. It's a road game. That's they're probably not going to win that one, but in the, yeah. in the big 12 championship game, I don't think it's impossible. Right. I, I, I think, that, I don't know, man. I, I, I think how that much I, do you like Brock Purdy? Like, what do you think about Brock Purdy? Cause to, cause to me, I don't think he gives you enough downfield. I, 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 I think his reputation is a lot better than his actual results are. I, I don't think Brock Purdy's that good. How much do you like Lincoln Riley in a, in an important game? Uh, fair enough, but Lincoln Riley in a Big 12 title game is a lot different. I mean, Lincoln <laughs> Riley, uh, they've won, what, six straight Big 12 title games, though? When, I mean, when was the last time that they played one against a good team? Uh, last year against Iowa State. I guess. Was that was that Iowa State team as good as this one? It's the exact same one. The same one we're, say, we're saying that this one takes a step forward. That's that's the implication. We're, we're applying the plus five overall development that you get in the NCAA video games. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like, I, I think that... Uh, Oklahoma also is going to take a big step forward considering like, I don't know, like what, four of their best offensive contributors were freshmen last year. They had a lot of freshmen making yeah. big roles that team. And uh, I, I don't know. They still, like Iowa State against a bunch of freshmen with a veteran unit still couldn't beat that Oklahoma team either time. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I think that Oklahoma wins both those games, but I don't think it's impossible that, that Iowa State gets them one of the two times just because Iowa State is better coached than Oklahoma is, and it has like 450 seniors on this roster. Citation needed. I don't know about that, man. Better coached than Oklahoma? Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Sorry. Look, you can buy the Matt Campbell train all day long. Uh, he'll be going 9-3 and three at Michigan for 10 years in a row any, any day now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It, Matt Campbell, like, to me, is very boring. This is It's the same thing here for me that it is with a lot of the top teams that we talk about. Um, Oklahoma doesn't have to game plan. It, it it runs base. It's going to run base. It will run base right. against Iowa State. Iowa State has to game plan, and it does so very well. Um, and I think that at some point, there's there's a non-zero chance that that leads to them getting Oklahoma at least once, especially, especially with a team like this that's so experienced. And um, Spencer Rattler, 
even with as good as he was at the end of last season, going up against a defense filled with seniors that know what they're doing and look how look to you know create as much chaos as possible is troubling to me. I think if you're Oklahoma, that is troubling. <laughs> you know, even if you obviously have the superior talent, especially because you know that your coaches are not going to game plan specifically for Iowa State. They're going to run base like they always do. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, I mean, that's fair, but I don't know. I mean, like, I, does, uh, ugh, I don't know. I'm just on the fence about Matt Campbell in general. I'm kind of bored by him. Uh, I, I, I think that uh, it's it's sort of it's a testament to what he has done at Iowa State that we're bored of him going nine and three there. Um, you know, like that's this is not a job that you do that at. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the rub with him is that once you start to do it, then it becomes a little bit less impressive, but. This is still Iowa State, and we're talking about them as the number two team in the Big 12. Yeah. Um, you want to go through schedule with me? Yeah, sure. Okay. They start off the season home against Northern Iowa uh, in Ames, which will be a W. Yep. Uh, the next week, they play Iowa in El Asico. Yeah. Um, they are currently 0-4 against uh, Bushwick, Kirk Ferentz, and Matt Campbell. They have never beaten Iowa while, uh, while Matt Campbell is in Ames. I mean, they have, um, they have to win this one, right? Like, Iowa has the worst quarterback in the country. They have to win this one. <laughs> I think Iowa wins this game. Oh, I don't come think, on. Uh, I, I think that it, uh, Iowa State is unfortunately a cursed program. No. I don't know. I, I, think, uh, I think they lose this game. I, I think they're at, Oklahoma State. It's at, it's at home. I, 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 don't, I don't see it. I think Iowa State wins this one. I, I don't think that we can... I don't think that we can magic our way into Iowa having enough talent to win this game. It is Iowa is going to be like seven and five this year. It is not an especially impressive Iowa team. Uh, man, Iowa State. Hang on, I'm double checking this here. Okay. Uh, they have scored more than twenty points in this rivalry game. Uh, twice, I'm sorry, more than 21 points in this rivalry game, uh, twice in the last 17 years. Okay. I, I think Kirk Ferentz just has their number, man. I don't know. It's like hard. I mean, it's going to be a hokey thing to talk about when talk about football games. The rivalry stuff kind of gets overrated. Yeah. But I do think when someone just owns you this completely and owns you mentally like this, it's a difficult thing to overcome. Um, I don't know. You can, you can have this one. I know logically you're probably correct, but emotionally I'm picking Iowa here because I yeah. am, uh, I am, I think Matt Campbell is uh, maybe the most overrated coach in college football. Here, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a, a, a counterfactual here. Um, yes. 57.1% completion percentage, 1,569 yards, nine touchdowns, five interceptions. Those are Spencer Petras' 2020 stats. This kid <laughs> sucks. This kid is fucking terrible. Um, and he's going up against a defense that is uh, good. I, this, this kid sucks. Get him out of my face. I was losing this game. Come on. No, All right, you can have it, man. I, I, just just remember when I, when, I, when I come on our post 9-11 podcast episode to tell you that I was right, what happened. Uh, you come just on to do 9-11-2 to me. <laughs> when I, look, if Iowa wins this game, I'm sorry, when Iowa wins this game, okay. I am going to be doing Bushwick Kirk Ferentz for an entire episode. I'm That's getting fine. a full episode of Bushwick Kirk Ferentz, at least a special edition on the podcast. All right, yeah, and I'm not even on it. It's just you. <laughs> You're just, just in my house going, recording uh, 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 Bushwick Kirk Ferentz does. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> You've written them out beforehand. Oh, gosh. Okay, okay. The next game after that, they go on the road at UNLV, uh, then on the road at Baylor, then home against Kansas. That's in a 5-0 and start before their bye week, right? Yep. yep. Um, uh, we have them on the road at Kansas State to go 6-0. Yep. and 
Home against Oklahoma State is 7-0. and On the road, West Virginia kind of makes you sweat a little bit, but yeah. they probably win that game 8-0. Um, man, especially that's actually, look, especially looking at head to Texas, I don't think that they lose, but I do think that that's a that's a just a not fun game. For what them. a tricky three game stretch: home against Oklahoma State, on the road to West Virginia, home against Texas. That is a yeah. tough trio of games. That'll tell um, us a lot about this team. If they cruise through that, then it's yeah, fair enough. Uh, that's a nine and zero start on the road to Texas Tech makes them ten and zero. Yep. Um, on the road in Oklahoma makes them ten and one, and yep. a home against TCU makes them eleven and one. Yeah, I mean that's really good. It's Iowa State. That's really good. I, uh, it's impressive. It's no doubt it's impressive. I just think that uh, this team is capped out again. I, I'm a Brock Purdy hater. I'm a Matt Campbell hater. Uh, sorry, can't do anything about it. You can't change my mind. Yeah, no, I, I think it, it could also be that you know your background is in recruiting, and they have so sort of blatantly eschewed that in in every way that they possibly. Oh, their, their player development is incredible. I gotta give yeah. them you know high marks for that, and I do like Brees Hall a good bit. Yeah. Um, Damn, Brock Purdy just pisses me off, dude. I'm sorry. He is okay. uh, <laughs> he is every quarterback that Michigan State had in the 2010s. Yeah. Well, Michigan State went to the playoffs, so I, I suppose it's not the worst fate in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Whatever. All right. All right. Let's talk about Oklahoma. Yeah. I mean, it's Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. What we, do we, everyone knows the deal. Uh, they're going to have a really good quarterback, really good receivers. The only part of this team that's like fun for me to talk about is Eric Gray, their transfer running back from Tennessee. Yeah, he was. Yeah, no one talks about Eric. I mean, people talk about him a little bit, but he is not nearly well-known enough, like in the college football community. Yeah. Uh, he might be one of those explosive running backs in, in college football. Um, and they have him paired with Kennedy Brooks, which is a great duo. Yeah. Like, that is a unit that is there. That running back, they're going to have two 1,000-yard rushers there, if I had to guess. Yeah. Do you remember the um, – what were these toys called? The Weebles? Do you remember those? Did you ever like the play Wobble these? Weebles? Yeah, the Wobble Weebles, where they would just never fall over. Uh, that's how Eric Gray is built. Eric Gray is built like a Wobble Weeble. Um, he just kind of bounces off defenders. Um, he rocks. I really, really like to watch him play. Yeah. Um, this offense, I mean, it's fucking Oklahoma. They're going to be really good. They're going to score like 50 points a game. Um, the only real concern is that Spencer Rattler is a crazy person, but it, he reigned He's it in. He's such three. an asshole. I, yeah. I, he reined it in fairly well at the end of 2020, as you mentioned. Um, I'm still a little gun shy on him after that the start to last season. He was so bad to open last year. It's just that um, I mean, I don't think that this Oklahoma in in its that Oklahoma in its present form is going to ever have a significantly like bad quarterback. Oh yeah, I mean, like, when you put this many guys in a row in the NFL, like success begets success. Like yeah. at this point in time. Uh, Clemson, Oklahoma, Alabama, and Ohio State will have a pro quarterback like every year. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like it's just um, the way it's going to go. Yeah. The, fun, um, the I, I think the other fun thing here is that the defense is uh, good now. Um, Nick, yeah. Nick Bonito, the defensive end is, or uh, linebacker is is mm-hmm. is awesome. Um, the defensive line is really good too. Um, Alex Grinch is good. I'm I'm willing to say it. I was trying to tell people this in 2018 that it wasn't his fault that Ohio State's defense was dog shit. It was um, definitely not his fault. Yeah, and no, Ohio State, I, like Ohio State fans will still like make fun of him sometimes. Yeah. Like absolute dunces. Like you think it was like him and not Greg Schiano. Uh Unbelievable. Just yeah, unreal to not have a self-awareness about that. He's really good. The defense is, is straight up like pretty good now. It was a, it was a strong unit last year. Um, I, man, we're going to have a, a full show where we talk about like our playoff predictions and everything. But I feel like if you're going to do it, 
if you're Oklahoma, it has to be this year, right? Right. Like, it's time. Like it's time. I mean, you have like, a loaded defense. You should have a top 10 defense, not just like yeah. pretty good. Like this should be a top 10 unit on like, defense. This is a, period. this is at least on paper, a complete team, like top to bottom. It, it, it has an awesome defensive line. The wide receivers are fantastic. So you're really good at both of the, you know, positions where you need to have a lot of talent, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the kind of two guns races in college football. Um, you have a returning quarterback, which one of like four teams has in college football. Um, you have two really good running backs. Your offensive line is fantastic. Your defensive backfield is coached by, I would say, one of the better defensive coordinators for defensive back play in the country. Um, your head coach is aggressive and and generally does the right thing when it comes to play calling. He doesn't game plan very much, but he doesn't have to because they're Oklahoma. Um and your competition, your primary competition, only one of those other teams is returning a quarterback and it's fucking Georgia, which has had the same exact problem that you've had. Um, right. If, and, and unlike you, Georgia has no receivers to throw to. Yeah. George Pickens, Terrence ACL. Their receivers are going to be like pretty rough. I mean, just yeah, like, like uh, we talked about this the last episode, maybe or two episodes ago, but the meta in college football, like you said, is having great receivers. Right now. You kind of have to have yeah. them to win a title. Yeah. And Oklahoma has what? The second best receivers in the country. Uh, I'd say probably third behind Ohio State and Clemson, but it's kind yeah. of uh, okay. it's That's a fair, fair argument either way. And, and, and we don't know exactly what we don't know exactly what Justin Ross is going to be either. So exactly, I, I think exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah if you're going to win the championship and you're Lincoln Riley, it's this year, right? Like this is it has <laughs> this, to be this year. This is when you have to do it. Um, Dude, if you go in the playoff as like probably a one or two seed and you get blown out again, or if you just kind of lose it all, yeah, uh, you got to take an NFL job. You got to get out of town. <laughs> yeah, um, I I don't think we need to go through the schedule here. I, I think we think that they're, yeah they're going to go twelve and zero. Um, the the two yeah I mean the three games that they could lose here it's it's a lot like you know Clemson and Ohio State are maybe the conference championship game. That doesn't even apply to Clemson or Ohio State, but it might apply here because Iowa State might be good enough. Um, again, I'm not predicting it. I just, I don't think it's impossible. Um, and then the playoff game. Right. That, that's their season. It's a three-game season for them. Um, and We do, we should talk, like I said, we're not going to do the full schedule, but I do want to mention, um, just if you're one of the people like me who is a sicko and just likes to watch games for the misery index factor, yeah. um, Oklahoma does get a home game against Nebraska, on uh, September 18th. Yeah. Uh, and Nebraska very well, very well may start the season by losing on the road at Illinois who beat them last year and uh, losing to Buffalo because Kevin Marks run for 200 yards on them and yeah. then getting Dick stopped by Oklahoma for a one and three start and Scott Frost gets fired. Yeah. Just, just if you're yeah. looking for a misery factor, just keep an eye on that game. Yeah, we do love that. Um, all right. That'll do it for our, our big 12 preview here. Um, I don't know what I say usually at the end of the show. If you if you like the show, make sure to leave a five star review on uh, what is it, Apple Podcasts. Just uh, yeah, yeah. You don't even really need to write anything. Just a five star review would be helpful. Um, you can follow us on on Twitter. I'm Patrick underscore Mayhorn. Ryan is at B1G underscore Ryan. That's um, right. You can also find our the podcast account is just at Field Flipping. Um, my writing is at Buckeye Sports Bulletin and also at the Outside Zone Newsletter on Substack. Um, Ryan, do you do you have anything else? No, uh, I think next week uh, our plan is to unveil the official uh, flipping the field uh, preseason top twenty-five. Yeah, uh, we have some little, a couple of little things planned for you guys too. So stick around for that; it'll be fun. Um, yep. We're kind of just gonna go through our top twenty-five teams and do it correctly and smartly. I'm like just picking Notre Dame as the top twelve team, uh, yep. like these assholes do. Uh, and then we'll uh, we'll see you guys next week. Yep. All right, Ryan. I will talk to you next week.